Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome you to this episode of the show. Where tonight we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week to kick off this spooky month of ours of October. And what better way to do that than through the power of Disney and 2003's The Haunted Mansion, directed by Rob Minkoff and starring the always delightful Eddie Murphy. So we're going to be getting uh, later on in the show about that whole discussion. We'll see how it goes, see how we thought about it. But, of course, I'm always joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Hello, everybody. I I am indeed back. So welcome to Talking Terror. So glad to have, you know, the secondary voice of the show back with us. You know, after seeing a couple of movies that we might talk about, that the Google and I hopefully spoiler free because I really want to talk about it before we get into our news. But before all that, we're also joined by the Mad Monkey, the guy who picked this episode. Yeah, Funky with a Monkey. That's right, King. This is the Mad Monkey coming to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic, where we, the Tongue Chair crew, the full horsemen of the Hawpocalypse, will be coming in your ears for the next two hours, where we'll be talking about movie reviews, horror news, and odd shit like that, and a bunch of other fucked up shit, which you probably won't get unless you are as fucked up as we are. So make sure you listen on Spotify, make sure you listen on iTunes, Blog Talk, or wherever the fuck else you get your podcast, because that back he's the scabies we are everywhere baby what's up my friend family <laughs> hello monkey yeah hello hello good <laughs> welcome 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 that was very nice and we're also joined by the very astute very opinionated the demonic dean himself welcome back to the show dean well thank you so much i can't begin to express just how excited i am for this evening's episode of Talking Terror, I can hardly sit still. As all of his international fans are just, you know, throwing panties at the Dean. (laughs) Bring it on. You know that's why he misses shows, because he goes overseas and does the overseas podcast. Yeah. You know, know, (laughs) they're talking terror. (laughs) He's like like our USO tour. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's like the Bob Hope of talking terror. He's around the back end. He's like, oh, let me tell you something about yeah. America. It's very important. Instead of a golf club, he uses a hockey stick. <laughs> That's right. Because he knows how to use it. So that's Hell yeah, he does. That we have, uh, that we have international representation. <clears throat> that's the most important thing. Uh, but so. Yeah, uh, you know, before we get into the horror news for tonight, I know that uh, the ghoul and I did watch the Many Saints of Newark, the Sopranos prequel, and also uh, we watched Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that, some spoiler-free stuff. You know, we're not going to spoil it too much, as we always do. But uh, first and foremost, uh, ghoul, talking about that prequel, 
many things in Newark, like I told you through brief chat, uh, I, I wasn't as impressed as I wanted to be. I thought it was okay. Um, I just I thought that it was misadvertised, thinking that it was going to be a pretty hardcore Tony origin story. And we kind of got that, but it was mostly Dickie Moltisante, which not to say it wasn't good, but I felt there was a couple of missteps. Uh, what did you think about the many things? Yeah, you know, it's a, uh, it's a tough one. I haven't revisited the Sopranos series pretty much since it actually ended. Uh, which would have been back mm-hmm. in, I guess, what, 2007, 2006, something like that. Um, yeah. But I was a big fan, big, big, big fan. Very enjoyable series, loved the characters. Um, but, again, for, I, don't, I don't know why. I just never went back and, like, really rewatched it. I might have caught an episode here and there, just maybe left right. it on in the background or watched one and then just, oh, yeah, know, that's just so? moved on. That is so. That is so, Dean. Um, <laughs> but, you know... So, yes, going into this film, I, too, was under the same impression that this was going to be a young Tony Soprano story. Uh, you know, all, all the, the, the buzz was about, you know, it being, uh, you know, his actual son, uh, Gandolfini's actual son playing the role. Uh, all the advertisements kind of showed him, all the, the imagery from the film showed it. And, yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, you know, you watch the movie, and it's not a young Tony Soprano story. He's there, but the story, the, the main character is another, is another character completely. It's Christopher Moltisanti's dad, um, you know, a, a young Dickie Moltisanti. Uh, not to say it was a bad movie, though, either. Uh, Bonnie, you know, the, the right. cool girl, she, she couldn't last. You know, we, we put it on Friday night. We got about 20 minutes in, and she looked at me, and she goes, you know what, I'm going to be honest, I'm bored. So she's like, you know, if you want to keep watching it, go ahead, but, you know, I'm, I'm tapping out, I'm done. So, you know, we shut it off um, and, uh, you know, just moved on with our night. But the, the following morning, you know, I picked up from where we had left off and continued watching. And you know what, by the time the movie wrapped up, I found that I had had a good time watching the movie, that I, I did find it enjoyable. Um and I am going to rewatch it again. But mm-hmm. before I do that, I'm actually watching the entire series all over again. We just started season two tonight. You know, we, we wrapped up season one Good in man. about three days. Um, no, I still haven't finished season two of The Boys. But, uh, but yes, I've watched all of season <laughs> one of The Sopranos in a few days. Uh, uh, season so, yeah, two of course. We're, we're going to tackle that. Mean. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there. I'm like three episodes away from the finale. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good You know, so... Yeah. The one thing that I felt that the, the movie lacked, that the series had, was the mirth and humor of things. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Sopranos was never a ha-ha funny kind of show. It was always more of a, no. that was really fucked up what just happened right there. Um, <laughs> there was always kind of like this tongue-in-cheek like thing going on and I feel like the film kind of tried to take things in a more serious direction and obviously with the way it ends it kind of it lends towards there being another film in which you know I know David Chase has already spoken that he wants you know he wants to do another movie it's just a matter of him getting one of the writers from the actual series to come back on it as well who that guy already said that he's willing to do it so now it's really just a matter yeah. of, uh, of HBO kicking out the money and that's it so and I'm sure they yeah. will People are going to see it, so. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of uh, Sopranos fan service, because uh, I watched it with Marie, 
And we both said the same thing. We liked it. But at the same time, it's a lot of Sopranos fan service. So if you're a fan of Sopranos, you're going to kind of dig the fact that you see Silvio before he gets his big win, you know, before he gets that big pompadour that he has when he's working the bottom bit. You know, the fact that Paulie is doing the silver coat on his uh, fingertips because he's just all about vanity. You know, big pussies mm-hmm. in there. You know, so you get a lot of the fans. And, then, of course, at the end, when that fucking woke up this morning theme song kicks in, you're like, I want to fucking watch the Sopranos now. Like, that mm-hmm. fucking theme song kicked in, and I was like, fucking hell yeah, dude. Like, I want to go back and watch it all over again, even though I just did go back, because that theme song fucking slaps. <laughs> yes, it does. We, well, we've, we watched it with the first episode, and we've skipped it every time since. The Google girl gets mad at me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you, just, you get it, then that's it. That's all there is. So, so that is that. I mean, I would say if you have HBO Max or, or you want to go to the theater to see it, and you're a Sopranos fan, definitely. If you're not a Sopranos fan, I would probably say watch the series first. And then, then get Actually, into it, because I think you're going to miss a lot. What, okay. What I was going to say with that, though, surprisingly enough, my mother, who was hmm. not a series fan, she uh, she never watched really? the show. She watched like a few episodes of it, didn't like it. Look. She's a bigger, you know, she mm-hmm. likes, you know, the Godfather films, Goodfellas, stuff like that. She actually took her, uh, she, she had one of her clients, she took them to the theater uh, today. Uh, she works with senior citizens and stuff like that. And uh, that's what mm-hmm. they actually went to go see. And she, you know, hmm. she told me, she's telling me, she's like, yeah, we went, we saw this movie. Uh, she couldn't remember the name. She's like, something Saints. And I'm like, the many Saints in Newark. And she's like, yeah. She <laughs> goes, it was so good, Keith. You got to go see it. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's actually a Sopranos prequel. And you didn't like the Sopranos series. And, you know, she's like, oh, I fucking know. Blah, 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 blah. She's, she's like Livia, my mother in a lot of ways. So <laughs> <laughs> get out. Come on, Tony. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't. I'm sure the dean can uh, absolutely attest to that. I attest. <laughs> I don't know if she could be as bad as Livia. Huh? That's my mom. <laughs> that's, you know, in a nutshell, when I think about that woman, you know, but uh, that's a whole other issue. Um, so, yeah, that, like I said, check it out. But uh, Venom 2, What There Be Carnage, opened up last week, and I know that the, the ghoul saw it uh, last week. How do you know nobody else I, here has anything to say about the many saints of Newark? Did you see it? No. <laughs> but I do want to say, like, I'm, do you have I'm, anything I'm, to say no, about it? Yes, no, I do have something to say, and I say this in all seriousness. I was curious to hear uh, both of your different thoughts about this film. Uh, I have obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I have seen the Soprano series, uh, and I have mm-hmm. not. I have not rewatched the entire series, but sometimes I go down the Sopranos YouTube uh, hole and watch all kinds of like memorable scenes. I am looking forward to seeing the many saints of Newark, but I was interesting to hear, interested to hear what you guys have to say because uh, anything that I have seen from people in my world that have seen it is like split right down the middle. I've seen people say that it was excellent, and I've had people say that it's shit. So I was just curious yeah. to hear your guys' thoughts. That's all I wanted to say about that. Now, if you would like to talk about Carnage, I will not, uh, I will not hold you up any further. Okay, well, no, I appreciate that, and I've heard the same thing. I've heard people say this is the fucking worst movie ever, and it's also really good, but I'll just say it's okay. It's worth checking out. But no, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, I saw it Sunday. Ghoul saw it last week. Uh, you know, it's a sequel to Venom. A lot of great stuff in there for me. I, I laughed. I cried a little bit. It made me love Venom so much more than I already did, despite the fact that I thought that Tom Hardy was going in between Bane and Odorous Youngest for his voice. For a lot of the sequences, I was like, oh, he's just being odorous. 
Oh, no, now he's kind of like being Bane. Like, it was kind of a weird mix that I kind of liked, but the odd couple back and forth that, that Tom Hardy had with Venom was fantastic. I, I love the fact that Tom Hardy kind of took over the role of Bruce Campbell in a lot of the scenes where he's just by himself and he has to act that way. Uh, fantastic. But, uh, you know, Ghoul, what did you think about Venom 2, What the Carnage? Uh, so, I mean, again, I'm just going to just throw this out there. Monkey, did you see it? Nope. Do you intend to? Eventually, yeah. Okay, so then it's, I got to keep Marvel, this it's a, it's, a, it's a Marvel movie. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we can't spoil it. Yeah. Kind of. We can't, kind of. Yeah. I will not okay, see so it. I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I, that, I'm surprised, because I think you would like Venom. And as oh, such, yeah. you know, you probably somewhat enjoy this. Um, how do I do this now? Now I got to kind of frame the frame the narrative a little bit. That's uh, here, I'll just, I'll, I'll, right here, I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> you go ahead. I'll just unplug for a minute. You go ahead. I no, you're good. You you're good. I'm not going to spoil it for any audience members either. Um, no. So, I, I did not like Let There Be Carnage. One as much as I liked the first movie. Um, Interesting, okay. I, I, I feel like Hardy's, the, the writing for him and Venom was not as funny, not as strong. His performance was still good, uh, but the same charm that surprisingly won me over in the first film, I felt was lacking in this movie. Um, so then, to top it all off, I too also felt like the movie as a whole was kind of just lacking, and a lot of that I'm sure had to do with the runtime. The movie felt like it was chopped to shit. It felt edited in so many places, yeah. like they were going to explain something or give you a fucking story, and then all of a sudden it was like, nah, you know what, here's a different scene instead. I've got a full rewrite for the movie that would actually fix so many fucking things and have so much fun with it that it would be fucking fantastic, but I don't want to say anything about it because I don't want to ruin anything for the monkey. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, that, that's so King, I'll said, send it to you personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'll say I'll send it directly to you. That's all. No, okay. No, I no, I agree with you on on the editing because I did feel like a lot of it, like towards the midsection, was kind of very choppy. Um, and then yeah, the fact that it was only like an hour and twenty minutes, I was like, this fucking movie. It's like I was like, oh, it's over already. Like, it just it it moved so quick and disorienting at some points. But I don't know. I just I was in the mood to laugh, and and the movie hit me in the right spots. Like I thought that, uh, you know, people arguing online saying that Venom shouldn't be funny. Have you ever read the comics? Like have you ever you know seen any of the, the cartoons? Like he has the capability of being funny. You know he's an antihero. He's not a complete straight villain. You know this one. Did you not see the first the movie? <laughs> Well, they were talking about, you know, the fact that there was going to be extra comedy, I guess, and, and let there be carnage. Um, I thought that Woody Harrelson was great. I, honestly, I mean, I'm a fan of Woody Harrelson. So, yeah, it's hard for him to do any wrong by me, and I thought that he handled Cletus Cassidy really well. Um, you know, but, well, with the exception of, of some points. I mean, I, I can't split it, but there were some points where I was like, okay, it's, it's just, you know, not handling it too well. And there's, uh, you know, a particular character I wasn't caring too much about. But, um 
Yeah, but overall, like Woody I said, I was, like, I was actually the better part of the movie. And, and yes. again, what I would say is I would have I would have preferred more of him than some of the stuff we got. And you know what? Honestly, again, another big thing. This is another one of those cases where monkey cover your ears. Can I cover your ears and close your eyes? Are your ears covered and your eyes closed? Muff, muff, muff yourself. Okay. Um, this is muff. one of those muff. cases in which the w- muff, muff, um, where the commercials and the trailers definitely oh, show yes. too much. Yeah. The fucking movie is an 100%. hour and thirty-seven minutes. People do not show all of the good comedy fucking scenes in your trailer. That's <laughs> yep. just stupidity. Oh, yeah. That was it. Yeah. I had the same kind of thought when I saw it where I was like, well, that was in the trailer. That was in the trailer. We saw this in the trailer. Like, I was like, okay. You know, so when the parts that weren't in the trailer showed up, I was kind of happy. I was like, all right, back on track. You know, we're back on track with this movie. I love Shunny and Cher. I was sad to see them go. But, you know, like, you know I was like, it's the the wackiness of it, you know, just it kind of got me. Like I said, was it uneven? Absolutely. Was it fucking the shotgun pace? Yes. They were fucking racing through this movie to get to the end, you know, and get to that that uh, you know the uh, post credit sequence. So this, but come on, know, I mean, at this point, I think yeah. everybody knows what the post credit scene is, including the monkey. Monkey, do you know? Nope. I am. Oh, we can't say it. Huh? Uh, other, other than the um, two trailers that we watched for the show, I have stayed away from everything regarding the movie. Good. Okay, good. John, yeah, I'm, I'm glad because like, when you see it, then, then we can talk about it. And, and Ghoul, you know, I'm sure eventually we'll have our own separate discussion about it. But, yeah, I would definitely say if, if you're – you should go – everybody should go see it. It's just fun. It's a disconnected, weird antihero movie. that has got some fun in it. If you're looking to, to spend an hour and a half in the movie theater, I think it's a good way to do it. Um, you know, even if you have nothing to do with the character, you don't know anything about it, you could go into this one without even seeing the first one. They give you enough, like, leeway where it's like, yeah, I didn't see the first one. Well, it's okay. You know, all you need to know is that there's a symbiote, and it's in Eddie, and that's it. So I like that aspect of it. You don't need to fucking go back and explain everything that happened in the first one. Like, flashback, okay, you know, or origin story again. I hate when they do that. Now, this one, cut it all out. It's like Andy Serkis is like, we're already there. We already got it, so let's just fucking do it. Yeah, no, there was no reason not to just kick it right off. You know, kick you right in the balls right from the start. I mean, that's the way to go. All you need to do is have one of the – come on, it's like Lethal Weapon 2. You know what I mean? The freaking movie kicks off with the two of them in the middle of a high-speed chase. That reminds you of all you need to know about the two characters from the previous movie. You know, oh, shit, that's right. They're both fucking cops, and they're both out of their fucking minds. And he's too old for this shit. And he's going to shoot himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's really all you need Just to know. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, we we won't go any more into any spoilers, especially because you know, monkey. Uh, you know, you haven't seen it yet, and eventually you will. But again, I feel like Venom to let there be carnage is also suffering from the Halloween Kills disease, where it's like let's show everything in the TV ads and the commercials and the trailers. So by the time you see the movie, you're going to be like, well, that's the whole movie. I saw it already in the trailer. So, so well, we'll thing. see. Though with the Halloween trailer, man, we are we are closer than I I, I can only speak for myself, yeah. but I will speak to myself when I say, man, like that shit is like way fucking closer than I fucking realized. That shit is in a week and a fucking day for the most part. Um, yeah. I know, I know, I know, but like 
all this time that we've been talking about it, day. thinking to myself, and thinking to myself, oh man, October is so far away, but it's not. Like we're here. It's time. It's next fucking right. week. You know. So, yeah. I will October. be going over here yeah. Friday. But like I said, social media is a very weird mistress, and especially TV and putting these ads out there where they give you kind of spoilers. And bloody disgusting. Shame on you guys because they keep fucking putting the spoilers out there. Oh, we got screen grabs. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to see screen grabs. Like, I, I just, I want to watch the fucking movie. Like, you just don't, you know, don't see me the whole movie before I saw it. Like, you know, I just, I don't know. They did it again today with, with a bunch of screenshots. So get ready. Week and a half. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. I don't need to know. But now I know. So it's kind of like, well, now I know going to the movie what I'm going to see. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, also, didn't you say Jamie Lurk? Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, bombing the fuck out of the internet with spoilers as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, over on her uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, she did, like, three or four of them where she posted, like, obvious uh, things that are like, okay, well, now I know this is going to happen or now I know this didn't happen. And she's just like, yay, Halloween's coming, Halloween Kills is coming, guys. Oh, get stoked. And, like, oh, and but, no, that, that, I haven't heard that, anything she said, and I don't plan to. <laughs> no, I've shut I down my no. world. I've shut down my world to all things Halloween kills. So I know, but it's just like I said. I just happened to be, you know, grazing, and then all of a sudden you see it. It's like, well, bloody disgusting. I put those articles up on grazing. her Facebook page, and that's when I scroll up on it. I'm like, okay, well, there's a spoiler. Like, who was even looking for it? I was just trying to find cool articles on the internet? Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the fucking internet, man. Like, I and I don't put any of those things up on a talking terror page, and I never will. Especially when it's like, check out these shots from the movie. Like, no. You're never going to get that from me in the talking terror page because I want everybody to be surprised. And just, you know, looking forward to this movie with fucking nothing to go off of. You know, I've been ruined. I've already, you know, I've, I've been given the sex and no cuddles afterwards with a lot of these fucking spoilers. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I don't know. Going to go into it next week and just hope for the best. To be honest, man, I'm surprised you're not taking that Friday off. <laughs> Well, why would I? It's going to be on Peacock, so I'm just going to watch it when I get home from work. Oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to go to the theater to see this one. I will. I already know I'm going to the theater to see it, but I'm going to see it on Peacock first. We are going on the 16th, which is Saturday, and uh, we shall be going with uh, me, the ghoul girl, Sammy, Sammy's friend, and maybe Zach, if Zach wants to go too. But, uh, oh, yeah, Zach actually sat and watched the, uh, watched the 2018 movie with us last week. So, so yeah, we're, we're good. We're all caught up. We're all ready to go. So, you know, there we so, go. It's going to be a whole big family affair. That is very cool. And you'll have to let me know after you watch it what you thought. But, yeah, I, I revisited it as well, the 2018 version, and it ended. And I said, Ugh. okay, Halloween kills. Let's go. Let's do it. Like, let's fucking bring the door. <laughs> Michael is just dropping Let bombs in this one. Let it burn. <laughs> yeah, Michael's not even fucking taking a break. He fucking gets out of that fire and he's like, stab, stab, stab. I'm like, okay, we're on a new level with Michael. Or he's just going to town on people. I'm like, that's what I want. All right. You know, he's no longer the shape. He's just fucking Mr. Stab. Like, holy shit. Well, he walks out. He's killing everybody in his fucking he walks. Bed. He walks out and the fucking theme song kicks in. You know, boom, boom, 
boom, boom. Woke up this morning, got a. You see Mike going to fucking SUV driving through Haddonfield and you see all the buildings. <laughs> all of a sudden he's lighting up a cigar so, for some reason, even though he doesn't smoke. It's no longer a mechanic suit. It's just a fucking, like, a, you know, one of those little fucking sports <laughs> zip-ups and shit. Fucking jogging pants. Fucking track suit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking track suit. <laughs> Hold on. Stopping oh, man. What, and, and, and what were those bad stripey shorts that all the guys used to, I mean, stripey pants that the guys used to wear to the gym all the time? Like zebra Zubaz. print and shit like that. Oh, that's right. Zubas. <laughs> that fucking thing is slapped. I love Zubas. I had like two pairs of those. I was what? killing it. Yeah, I had uh, you know, I the, never the Green Bay Packers colors, and I was heading your Giants. I fucking love Zubaz. I was from Jersey. You like you you are obligated to wear at least one pair. Uh, listen, I, I wore skits and I ended up lighting myself on fucking fire in them. Okay. Yeah, you did. So good. Yeah, you yes, did. I did. I know. I know. Thank you. Yeah, you didn't have a good time in skits, but that's all right. Yeah, Zubaz. Like I feel like once you visited Jersey at a certain point in the eighties and nineties, you were given a pair. Like, you were obligated to wear one. Just so you could be like, hey, I'm wearing my Zubaz. I'm going to the pizzeria. Are you even from here? Well, I'm from Pennsylvania. Well, what you went through the toll <laughs> into the jersey, dude. <laughs> you got a pair. Yeah, you get a punch in the face and you get a Zubaz. <laughs> Welcome to Jersey. Thanks. So yeah, no, see them rolling so, back into PA and they're fucking, you know, they're, they're horse and buggies. They're wearing their Zubas shirts and pants. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, these are Zubas, Dogum. We don't have wow. our pictures, but we're looking good in the Zubas. Man, cool okay, I never, I, Ghoul. I gotta say, man, I've never even heard of Skids, and now I'm looking this shit up, and. Man, yeah, skids, okay. Dude. We're hot. How didn't you? How didn't you hear about skids? Where did you? I live never when heard you about. Were, like, well, I know you're Aren't a little you're like bit older than me. Old? Yeah, you but not that, that much older yeah. than me. Yo, basically, yeah, they were pajamas with a fucking traffic sign on the <laughs> on the pocket on the butt cheek pocket. Yeah, They're basically pretty, pajamas. Pretty much. You. They were fucking if you wore, yeah, I mean, it was like wearing pajamas for the most part. It was like wearing pajamas to school. Uh, and then if you were really yeah. fancy, you did that fucking weird ass uh, like French cuff at the ankle. Um, but uh, apparently, you can no. still like skids are back. Apparently, you can go on to the skids website and buy skids again. Um, but yeah, that was like a thing. When I was in, I can't remember if it was seventh grade. I think it was with seventh grade year. Uh, yeah, I think it was my. Mm, no, maybe it was eighth, grade. seventh or eighth grade. Uh, skits was like all the fucking rage. Okay, yeah, because see, while the ghoul was wearing this, I was wearing like you know skate rags, vision streetwear, you know <laughs> that kind of stuff. So, well, yeah, you know, and, and also skate punk. If I remember correctly, <laughs> and maybe this didn't apply to where to where you grew up, monkey, but and I guess maybe the ghoul could could back me up on this, but uh, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, uh, skids pants because of their comfort to, and it being like pajamas, like cut across like all of the different clicks. Like it didn't matter if you were like a fucking skater or a nerd or a band geek or a or a, an athlete or a burnout. Like everybody wore fucking skids. If I remember correctly. 
Yes, they uh, they definitely went across all the various things, you know. Whereas, like, you know, on the other end of Skids, you know, you had the Z Cavaricis, and that was mm-hmm. typically with your with your guinea oh, yeah. crew, because those were kind yeah, of like a bit more man. of a fancy type of pants. And the yeah, kids with, with, with the, the skids almost looked and a turtleneck. I mean, the skids almost looked identical as far as the balloonness of them. It was just that they were fucking, like you said, <laughs> they were PJ pants. You know, that's all it was. Yes, yeah, they were PJ uh, pants. With various designs uh, yeah, the, and, and, and thin-ass material that was very flammable. Mm-hmm. With a turtleneck <laughs> and, a, and a cardigan sweater. Um, and uh, there was also the, I can't remember the name of the fucking brand, the, the, the like the, um... Like the tracksuit, but like the not velour. It was like a tracksuit brand that got very co- popular amongst the same crew that wore the Cavaricci stuff. And I can't fucking remember. Sometime during the show, it'll pop into my fucking head, and I'll be like, "Who's this?" Uh, but it was like a, like a tracksuit <laughs> jacket thing that everyone was wearing in that same year. I, I, I didn't. Do, I didn't do mine with the fucking turtleneck and all that shit. The cardigan. You know, more, mine was more <laughs> of the Z Cavaricis with the fucking hypercolors. You know, that that was my whole thing. Uh, I loved my hypercolor shirts. <laughs> Sergio Sergio Tacchini. Uh, Sergio Tacchini. jacket. Does that sound familiar, Sergio Tacchini? No. Oh, maybe. No. So no. That was just how we dressed back then, kids. It was cool. <laughs> You're I had my Carl right. Kanai pants on. Yeah, I don't know. I had my bucket hat and my Carl Kanai pants dripping, you know, going from Bradley's. You know, just like, man, I'm going to fucking impress everybody in the first day of school. And they're like, what's up, you fat fucking loser? I'm like, man, back to the nursery I go. <laughs> Trying to look cool. I'm Good sorry. Work, guys. I went to Old Navy. I, I was in Old Navy. I didn't buy anything. Fuck. But I stood inside there for a solid five minutes, just kind of nodding my head. I'm so scared to nope. believe because I didn't have any money. Never, never, ever, ever shopped at Old Navy just because anytime I ever went in there, I was like, there's no fucking black clothes. They don't sell black clothes. I don't wear colored. Fuck this shit. I'm the fuck out of here. I'm going to fucking Hot Topic. <laughs> well, yeah, or Gadzooks. Gadzooks was like the fucking big thing, too. If you couldn't go in the hot top, you'd go in the Gadzooks because they had fucking alternative clothing. All the place, black clothes, silver clothes, gray clothes. That was the place. No, I never liked Old Navy because there was nobody swing dancing in, in Old Navy. Like, the commercials were very misleading. But everybody was going to be fucking swing dancing <laughs> khakis and fucking having a good time to Brian Setzer. No, there was none of that. There's a bunch of rich people buying yeah. fucking clothes. Cold yeah, and, and never once did they carry like fedoras or anything like that. No, no, not not one fedora or like you know cool suspender. You know, I was like, come on, like you guys are in the fucking swing and shit. You know, guys aren't even playing <laughs> Cherry Pop and Daddies on the loudspeaker. Like you guys are not advertising correctly. Because the commercials <laughs> make it seem like it's a swinging good time. I want to get a chain wallet. I want to get a bowling shirt. You guys have none of this. <laughs> Again, hot topic. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, so with that being said, Dean, what do you have for us for horror news tonight? Well, uh, I did want to say uh, very quickly, and then we'll move on because you guys already talked about Many Saints, but HBO Max uh, did announce that it had been viewed in one million different households. Uh, hmm. So uh, there's just some context 
uh, to many saints of Newark. But I'm going to move right along because we're not here to talk about uh, Tony Soprano tonight. Um, I don't know what we're here to talk about tonight. Uh, so, uh, Stop. I said on this very program uh, last week Thanks. how excited I am about um, all of the Elvira stuff that's been going on to celebrate yeah. her 40th anniversary. And I'm here to now talk about uh, another uh, Elvira endeavor, uh, Elvira oh, and Netflix and Chills. Uh, Elvira oh. has teamed up with Netflix uh, to do weekly promo videos uh, appearing as her character, Dr. Elvira, uh, for the Netflix uh, social media channels and the Netflix YouTube channel. And uh, each video will be coming out uh, weekly in October on Sundays. Uh, where she will be promoing uh, the different horror movies uh, that are on Netflix for, uh, you know, uh, Netflix's October Halloween celebrations. So Elvira and Netflix and Chills on Sundays. Uh, Check out Netflix's social media and YouTube channel to see Elvira talk about best horror movies currently on Netflix. All right. Very cool. Awesome. All right. What's next? Uh, the, um, the Chucky TV series that's coming soon, uh, to the sci-fi channel, uh, did put a trailer out and apparently the trailer was packed, uh, with returning cast members of, from the film, including, uh, Jennifer Tilly, uh, Fiona Doroth, Alex Vincent, and Christine Elise were all there. Um, <laughs> Fiona. <laughs> um, so, God, he doesn't uh, know that Fiona and <laughs> you know, it's really funny. Uh, there, there was a, a kid last year at my school in the lower school. So not a kid that I ever worked with, uh, but her name was Fiona. And whenever I would see her, I would just go, Fiona. And she would just, had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> but I do. That's, that series actually starts this coming Tuesday, so just just in case anybody yeah. was wondering. Yeah, this this oh, coming wait. Tuesday, you can see all your favorites from the Chucky movie series and the Chuck from the Chucky movie series and the Chucky TV series. Uh, so keep your eyes on Including that. In fact, any time I've had a kid at school in all of my years, I always do that. And they always look at me like I'm an asshole because they have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, we talked, uh, we talked about the, the, uh, the Joe Bob Briggs Halloween hoedown special that will be live on October 8th and available to stream on the 10th. Uh, it's been announced that his guests for this Halloween special are going to be none other uh, than David Gordon Green and Jason Blum. Uh, they have not announced what uh, films they'll be watching, but being his special guests, uh, there's a strong rumor that Halloween 2018 might be on the docket for this Halloween edition of Joe Bob Briggs's Halloween Hoedown. So keep your eyes peeled if that's the kind of thing that's interesting to you, and you'll get a chance to enjoy uh, that film with the director and producer. And speaking of Jason Blum, the Halloween, the Halloween Kills day and date release uh, was 100% uh, Jason Blum's idea. He said he approached Peacock about this. It was not the other way around. Uh, he said that while he uh, thinks that Universal's three-week window is good, uh, he said that he had a bad experience surrounding the release of Freaky and decided uh, that given that theaters are still not getting the massive turnout 
uh, that they were pre-COVID, uh, that this would be the best strategy for the release of Halloween Kills. So that remains to be seen how that's going to, you know, impact its its box office and whatnot. Uh, like I said, I will be seeing it in the theater. It will be my second trip to the theater because my first trip will be the night before for Rad, uh, as Rad. I said here on this program. Oh yeah. And um, the uh, we'll we'll have some updates when you know in just over a week about weekend box office and streaming and all of that with Hollywood Kills. So uh, we'll have more to talk about with that down the line. Uh, you know, after uh, uh, moving right along. Um, more more Blum World news. Uh, uh, Jason Blum has announced uh, that director Chris Columbus uh, is no longer the director and has been removed from the Five Nights at Freddy uh, project uh, that they've been trying to get off the ground uh, for quite some time. Uh, Blum says they're a long way from giving up on this. Um, it was looking, they were looking like this film was going to go into production this past spring, but it did not happen. And now Chris Columbus is out. Hmm. Well, oh, yeah, they're way behind. Get it made. I don't even think, <laughs> I don't even think five nights at Freddy's is even like anywhere remotely relevant to anyone anymore. No. Never heard anybody talking about hey, it. Hey. Let's just watch Willie's Wonderland. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> or the Banana Splits movie. Yeah, that too. So, yeah, he's a little behind on it. But, no, he, I guess this is his passion project because he's adamant about getting it made. So even though Columbus is out, he's still trying to get it made. So we'll see down the line. He, he, comes he, he, must, he must have a toy deal. <laughs> oh, I don't know. be interested to find out why he wants to get it made so badly, but who knows. All right, so what's next, Steve? AMC, home of... Their big-time series, uh, The Walking Dead, another genre dip such as uh, The Terror, is getting back into uh, business with an eight-episode uh, limited series adaptation of Anne Rice's interview with a vampire. Uh, this uh, eight-episode limited series is set to start filming in New Orleans in December, uh, there is no uh, director or uh, release date information as of yet, uh, but uh, Interview with a Vampire is returning, uh, albeit it is returning to the small screen. There you have it. That's a weird movie. Not bad, but weird. Yeah, yeah I remember watching it. Not in the theaters, but renting it. I never thought I would see a TV series based on it, but, man, what's old is new again, as they say. <laughs> oh, yeah, everything's coming back, man. Yeah, I, I saw that twice in theaters. <laughs> I mean, how are they going to compare the the passion between Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt in that movie? Just, you can't recreate that. It's hard to capture like Tom a Cruise weird Tom little Kristen Dunst again, you know? Yeah. You know, well, Tom Cruise does love himself. I mean, obviously, but now him and, and, and Brad and Antonio Vendettas, that threesome scene they got cut from the movie, man, talk about fire. <laughs> what could have been? Yeah, yeah. now, right, now did, didn't you say no, that they actually uh, cast the Clarice character? Um, or, I mean, the Claudia character for the series? I think that you, you said that was yeah, cast on did. the Talking Terror page, right? 
Yeah, they just I didn't see that, that in what I read, but I'm not saying that I have yeah, the 100% information. Yeah, that, that, they did cast her, and they also cast uh, Lestat not that long ago, too. Um, I can't remember the actor's name, but that was like a month or so ago. And then today it was announced who's going to play the Kirsten Dunst character. So, But that's as far as I know, it's the only two that have been cast. You know, it's, it's, it's got, it's, obviously it's got legs, so it's coming. But uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, vampires might be in again. You got an interview with the vampire coming. You got the Lost Boys reboot. So everybody wants vampires now. Zombies, you guys are out. Oh, yeah. Take a step back. <laughs> vampires, come back. Oh, man. Don't, don't say that. Man, the D was going to make me drag out all her vampire the masquerade shit out of the storage unit. <laughs> Let's not tell the D, okay? <laughs> yeah, just do it. Just do it and have fun. Sexy vampire masquerade fun because they're coming back. The Walking Dead, they're, they're taking their swan song. They're coming out the final season. And then the final season of the, the World Beyond show. So it's like, hey, guys, zombies, back to the grave. Vampires, come on out. Werewolves, stand by. You guys are getting another chance. <laughs> Give us another two years. <laughs> then, we'll, then they'll start making new American werewolf movies. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's going to be a whole slew of werewolves again. And then, you know, there'll be a couple of mummy movies thrown in there. And then we're back to zombies. You know, it's the cycle. <laughs> Give it a couple of years in between. You know, we're back to the, the vampire thing again. People are starting to talk about Twilight again. So it's like, oh, I've been no! vampire territory. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of chatter about that on, on you know, the Facebook pages. So obviously the vampires are on the way back in. Dean you know, went all got that True Blood reboot that's coming soon. Because I think the, the Dean talked about that a while ago, the True Blood, you know, thing that's coming again, the reboot. So, yeah, vampires. Can't get enough of them. They're back. They're ah. to put the fangs in. <laughs> I know. It's a cycle. But all right, Dean, what's next? What is next? That's a very good question. Apparently, the flavor of this year at Netflix uh, is none other than Mike Flanagan, whose uh, House of Bly Manor and now Midnight Mass has brought much success uh, to the top uh, arguably top streaming service in the land of streaming services. And now they've announced uh, Mike Flanagan's next partnership with Netflix, and that is going to be an eight-episode limited series of the Edgar Allan Poe story, The Fall of House of Usher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flanagan himself is going to be directing four of the episodes, while his partner Mike Fimo Gennari is going to be directing the other four, and they will both be executively producing this, uh, this property. So, an eight-episode limited series about the fall of the House of Usher from Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, I feel like it's been quite some time since there's been any like Edgar Allan Poe stuff uh, in like the mainstream worlds, whether it's films or shows or uh, streaming, so it's interesting, and I guess I mean kind of exciting to um, to hear about this. I have not yet watched Midnight Mass. I started watching House of Bly Matter. I think I've watched two or three of the episodes, but I did not continue with it, so I don't have much to say uh, about it. Um, other than I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to it. I don't remember why I stopped. I think I, if I remember correctly, I might have been liking it, but not. I guess not enough to to, to watch it all the way through. Who, who the fuck? Yeah, you. T- have you checked out Midnight Mass yet, King? Uh, no, not yet, but you know what's interesting, Monkey? It's about vampires. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't even think about it until the Dean said Midnight Mass, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the Vampire Series. So they're back. You know, I, I have not watched it, and I probably will not watch it. I know I've gotten a lot of messages on Facebook from people. Have you checked this shit out yet? No. Mike Flanagan. You know, I draw a line in the sand with Mike Flanagan. He hasn't done it for me, so I'm not going to watch this one. But, hey, it, it's Vampire's. And it, uh, people say it's good. So, if any of you guys out there watching it, enjoying it, you know, God bless. Me? No, I'm no. no Mike Flanagan. God bless. Why are you cursing like that? <laughs> it's because I've been watching too much of the Sopranos recently, you know, and, and that's something that's going to Oh, hey, you know, it's, it's for you. God bless. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah, I know. That's what I And I shouldn't be saying God, but, you know, hey, yeah. You know, Satan be with you, and also with you. That's what I have to say about that. No. Yeah, because, I, well, yeah, because the, the other day I was unloading a truck, and the truck driver after the end of unloading, he was like, you have a blessed day. And I was just like, put my horns up. I was like, Satan's name be praised. And he was like, oh. And I was like, yep. <laughs> have a satanic day, you know, finger guns. <laughs> But I said, have a blessed day. Yep. And I said, may Satan be with you. And may he protect you on the open road. <laughs> Satan, take the wheel. <laughs> and now we're going to start talking he about fiddle contests. <laughs> Sorry. Dean, back to our <laughs> news. <laughs> he didn't yeah. use that contest. He threw that contest. <laughs> so, Edgar Wright... Uh, says no. He says no. There will be no sequel no. to Shaun of the Dead. Uh, what? He says uh, that he wanted to. He said what he wanted to say uh, with that movie. Uh, he says that all the time he gets pitched ideas uh, by other filmmakers that want to continue the story but want him to just act as producer. Um, and he said, no, it's just not going to happen. He says he finds it very difficult to cover the same territory. Uh, he says that one of these films can take up to three years to make. And if you don't really, really, really love the project that you're working on, uh, it can be quite the chore. And he continues to want to challenge himself uh, with different subject matter. So if there are people out there yeah. that are like, oh, I want Shaun of the Dead 2 so badly... Uh, you're you're not gonna get it. So just live with what you have and enjoy. Cool. I like him standing Don't by win. his guns on that, man. Yeah. The, the story was told. It's done. It's like we we get at the end of the movie we see how life is. We don't <laughs> need a continuing story about that. It was all covered. And uh, yeah, again, you know, <laughs> props to right there for standing up for his own shit. Yeah. Oh, clearly. Yeah. I mean, there was. Uh... That rumor years ago, after Sean and Dead came out, that they were going to do a sequel called From Dusk Till Sean, where the same characters were going to show back up, but this time there's going to be a vampiric problem. And he said, No, nah, I'm good. So, you're good. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to see that either. Like, you know, he had a perfect trilogy. The Cornetto trilogy is perfect. Leave it alone. It doesn't need to be a sequel to any of them. And, and Edgar has moved on. He's not the same person he was back then. He's moved on to make better movies. I, I'm a fan of Baby Driver until the end of that movie. And I'll stand by that opinion. Great until the third act. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Last Night in Solo. Mm, I know. It's, it's, it's just not good. But, you know, 
but uh, you know, last night in Soho, I, I have uh, decent hope for. I'm looking forward to seeing that in the month. The trailer is right, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, I can't wait for last night in Soho. <laughs> so excited. You know, I'm excited for Holland Kills, but last night in Soho, oh man, I can't wait to go sit in the theater and see that. <laughs> but anyway, so Dean, well, yeah. I have talked about how. Uh, there is going to be the Behind the Monsters series uh, later this month mm-hmm. on Shudder, uh, a weekly series uh, exploring all of the famous uh, movie uh, monsters that are out there. And at the time that I mentioned this story, I did talk about which uh, properties will be covered. And uh, now I am here to tell you that again, except this time I'm going to tell you the order of the episode. Uh, as they will okay. be appearing. So the first episode, uh, I can feel uh, the king getting aroused from here, but the very first episode is going to be about <laughs> Candyman. No, uh, the, the second, right the second episode will be about <laughs> Chucky. Uh, the third episode mm-hmm. will be about Jason Voorhees. The fourth episode will be mm-hmm. about Michael Myers. The fifth episode will be about Freddy Krueger. And the sixth and final episode, if, uh, if this is going to be the only season... Uh, is going to feature Pinhead from the Hellraiser series. So, uh, six episodes mm. behind the monsters, uh, Shutter special, uh, debuting on October 27th, uh, with each new episode coming out weekly. I didn't hear Weatherface in there. What the hell? <laughs> Man, guys, drop the ball. Uh, honestly, I would probably sub out. I would probably sub out Pinhead or, and I'm sorry to say this, Candyman for, for Leatherface. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, not, and I would agree with you. I mean, as much as I love Candyman, I think that uh, Leatherface is more iconic when you think about the uh, horror movie slashers. So, yeah, I would be behind that decision. Or, or like you said, with Pinhead, you know, swap them out. But maybe they are hoping for a second season, like you said, and they'll save it for season two of Behind the Monsters. But it's a pretty killer lineup. So Shudder, once again, you know, good fucking programming. Um, but all right, so what's next, Steve? We had some back and forth about this on the Talking Terror group chat, but uh, as we know, and if you don't know out there, uh, to our loyal, loyal listening audience, the Friday the 13th, Sean Cunningham, uh, Victor Miller lawsuit uh, has come to a conclusion uh, with the courts uh, in their court uh, legal wisdom siding uh, with Victor Miller uh, saying uh, that he was not uh, a contractor a hired writer, uh, so the domestic rights uh, return uh, to Victor Miller, um, and uh, apparently, uh, even with that being the case, uh, there are going to be still like a million hurdles if anything is ever going to happen uh, with any Friday the 13th Jason shit again. So who knows what the fuck is going on, but a victory in the eyes of the law for Victor Miller. Yeah, trying to read through all that jargon when it first came out was so fucking nauseating. I just, I couldn't understand it. Like, I had to, like, look up things and, you know, exactly what did he win. And, yeah, he won domestic rights to the original screenplay of Friday the 13th. So, I don't know, it's, it's a victory, yes, for him as a writer. And, you know, he gets the credit for it and the domestic rights. But he doesn't get anything for Adult Jason. And that goes to Ron Kurz, who wrote Adult Jason for Part 2. So, I guess, yeah, if he wants to make a baby Jason movie uh, featuring Pamela Voorhees, he's more than welcome to. And he has the right to do it. But 
you know, the overseas and the foreign markets, yeah, no, they can do whatever they want. It's just, it's so complicated. It just, it means that we're no closer to getting a Friday 13th movie than ever before. That's all it means at the end of the day. You know, like the ghoul had said, it just means that we're still going to have to wait. So we'll see what happens. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Cunningham appeals it and just says, I don't believe in that, you know, so let's just go back. Well, I think you'd have to take it to the next level of court, which would be the Supreme Court, I think, Mm -hmm. at that point. So, um, you know, which I think if if you're really getting to that level. I think the problem is, is even though all he's won is, you know, the the rights to to that screenplay and and young Jason, I guess, or however you want to call it, I think that still locks up Cunningham and anybody else from making anything with adult Jason because it's still the same character so yeah. yep. i think that's where this whole entire thing really gets fucked and it really unfortunately has opened yeah. the door to a lot of other lawsuits i do believe part of what we're seeing <laughs> happening with disney right now with the people who were the family members of the artists that did some of the early marvel characters that are now successful on screen um we're seeing Steve lawsuits Ditko's starting family. to pop up you're starting to see lawsuits pop up from them now in a similar fashion of like, well, hey, they were hired to make these characters. They had a hand in the creation. They should be getting some of these, you know, massive billion-dollar profits, you know, which, I don't know, you, you work for a company. You're doing that company's work. It's owned by that company to do with whatever the fuck they please, but... Again, the door has been opened, and I'm sure it's going to lead to all kinds of fun things. All for money. Sure. Money, 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 money. All money people dollar. that didn't yeah, do the... shit. <laughs> it, it, wouldn't be bother, it wouldn't bother me if it was the actual people. You know what I mean? Like, if the actual artist came forward right. and was like, hey, listen, mm-hmm. you know, I had a hand in this. Nah, it's typically like... I think in one of their cases, it's like the guy's fucking, like, brother, you know, who had, like, no fucking say in it. Before we know, him and his fucking brother never got along in any fucking way. You know what I mean? But now that his brother's dead, well, hey, let me contact fucking, you know, a a lawyer and see if I'm going to be fucking do any money on something that my brother created, you know? And, And their grandchildren and their children and so forth. It's like, I don't know. You know what? Those people, those people did a job. You know, like I said, they were hired to do a job by whether it's DC Comics, Marvel Comics, whoever it is. You're you're hired to do the work. That's the work that they did, and that's what they got paid to do. You know, whether that becomes Mm -hmm. something bigger then, later, whatever. It it is what it is when it hits. So, I don't know. I think they were pretty fucking happy to have a job where they were drawing pictures on paper and getting paid money to do it. No, he's a tracer. It's all about money. You know, it's like I'd like to think Victor Miller was sitting home one day going, you know what? There's been a lot of these Jason movies, and it's like, what, 2019 now? I think Daddy needs to start getting paid. And you know, what? No, you can't just decide. Like, you know, oh, man, you guys kind of fucked you on the back end, didn't you? Like, you know, no, it's, oh, it's too late, Victor. Like, you know, it's too long. But no, obviously not. Some money. In the eyes of the law. <laughs> He, he got, you know, what, what he, like, I don't know. I don't know what he got. 
I guess he's got the rights, but I don't see him making a movie. I don't see him having any fucking plans no. to make a movie. I, I don't think the guy has any. I, I know he says he's got fucking all these ideas and shit, but I think that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you he doesn't have a single idea. No, it's, it's Dude's going to win the rights, and he's going to fucking victory. die. <laughs> it's just the right to be able to say I won. <laughs> yeah, I, I beat Horror Inc. and I won the rights. It's like, well, what are you going to do with it now? Well, I haven't decided. It's like you're not going to do anything. Well, I don't know. Maybe. It's like, but you can only do like the teenage years then of like of Jason Voorhees. <laughs> like, we're not even going to hockey face. We're going to get a deformed kid running around uh, a camp. Jason, you know. A, a deserted camp because no one goes back until part, part two. Well, no. People have tried over the years. We find out in part one <laughs> there's been multiple attempts, but each one failed. So it could just be like the ghoul and I's theory that we brought to Tom Savini. We'll let's go fuck ourselves. Where we're like, oh, Jason was helping her the entire time. He's like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of. Get the hell out of here. He was dead. I'm sorry, this was Savini. a dream. <laughs> Oh, and he laid off some it. kind of stink bomb or some shit, man, because that shit smelled like yeah, fucking Yeah, but Josh table. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, like I said, I, I still remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I can't wait for the ghoul to meet Tom Savini. He's so nice. And, oh, hey, Mr. Tom Savini, what if Jason helped out Mrs. Voorhees in part one? Get the fuck out of here. We're like, oh, we're sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to say we love you. You know what? You're never allowed to watch another movie I ever made. But there's so many of them. Nope, better not find out. Um, comes to me in a strict. <laughs> All because he's just asking questions. Writers? We're just asking questions. <laughs> just love just us. asking questions. Yeah, it was, it was tough. But. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop throwing like eggs at us. Where did you even get those? What's his man? And fucking, uh, fucking forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um... Chubby kid with the curly hair when he meets Russell oh, Brand. And he, yeah, Jonah <laughs> Hill. But did you get it? But did you get it? Actually, I didn't listen to it at all. Oh, that's cool. I, I guess I'll just fuck myself then. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what else do you have, Rizzi? So, the folks oh, over no, at not the Slash shirt. Film... <laughs> Take my eyes, but not the shirt. Take my eyes, uh, but not the shirt. The folks over, I fucking love that movie so much. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the folks over at at uh, Slash Film have told us what the top '80s films, horror films, are to watch in this Halloween season, and they are at the okay. So hold on to your hats. They list, and again, these are horror films from the 80s that they say are the best 14 to watch this season. And they say Halloween 2, Halloween 3, uh, Evil Dead, Poltergeist, Ghostbusters, Pet Cemetery, Creepshow, Fright Night, Monster Squad, Beetlejuice, American Werewolf in London, The Changeling, Lost Boys, and Something Wicked Comes This Way. Uh, that is the hmm. list from Slash Film about the 14 essential 80s films for this holiday season. Not a bad list. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I mean, there's a bunch of them that I would add as well, but you know, I don't make these lists. Just talk about them on a podcast. But yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> that 
I think would be fun, especially for the Halloween season. But I, I have my own list that comes out at the end of the year. So, see what I think oh, about that. we're waiting with bated breath. It's been a busy fucking year, man. It's been really busy with these movies. Like I, I'm having trouble, you know, putting them all in order. I know I have two months to go, but yeah, it's been a busy year. A lot of good movies. So, see what I cook up, you know, at the end of uh, December. But man, it's. Not as easy as it was last year. Last year was so fucking easy. I was like, there's only five. This year, I'm like, oh, I might have to go back to ten. I don't know. <laughs> Struggling a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see what happens when I make that list. Okay, after Slash Films' list, what else do you have, Dean? What I have uh, is some more Shutter stuff. And clocking in at a lengthy eight hours, uh, if, you were part, if you were to watch part one and two, is the... Uh, 80s horror documentary series In Search of Darkness. Uh, there has been two of those that are on Shutter right yeah. now, each one running the running time around the four-hour mark. And uh, Shutter has announced that... I'm um, sorry, I, I, I got ahead of myself. Uh, the people behind In Search of Darkness have now announced that part three of their 80s horror movie documentary series In Search of Darkness is now available for pre-order. They say Mm. that this is definitely the final chapter. Uh, It went up for pre-order today, and it will be available for pre-order from today through midnight on Halloween night. Uh, I'm sure this will hit shutter at some point. Uh, This also will be another four-hour excursion, and they say this time they will be exploring... Uh, all of the straight to VHS horror, and they will also be championing championing the titles that are often found at the very bottom of the rental shelf. Uh, so, if you have been a fan of the In the Search of Darkness series, uh, there is another four hours coming your way. Uh, so, be on the lookout. Uh, you can go to their site to purchase, uh, or you can just wait till it ultimately, I'm sure, will end up on the Shutter streaming network. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. They are both two killer documentaries. And the third one, I'm hoping that they do a lot of shot on video stuff that took over the 80s from, like, 82 to 95, the shot on video craze, because I'm a huge fan of those. They're fucking terrible. They're cheesy. They're poorly acted. But something special about those shot on video movies, and I'm hoping that they cover. So we'll see. So we'll be coming soon. All right. So what else is uh, next, Dean? Uh, finally, I just want to I just want to talk about this real quick. Uh, a, a group of former FBI agents and retired law enforcement officials that call themselves the Casebreakers uh, announced that they have identified the infamous Zodiac killer as Gary Francis Post, who died in 2018. They say they also have tied the serial killer to a sixth murder in Southern California. Uh, the Zodiac Killer had previously been linked to five murders between 1968 and 1969 in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, they said that they were able to figure out uh, one of the ciphers uh, back in December. Uh, they said they also acquired new forensic evidence, including photos from, uh, from Gary Francis Post's darkroom uh, and a photo of him that shows similar features and forehead, forehead scarring uh, as uh, the witness uh, provided uh, Zodiac Killer um, 
witness sketching. Uh, the FBI, uh, you know, has not confirmed this. The FBI says this is still an open case. Um, but uh, these uh, retired FBI agents and law enforcement officials stand by their statement uh, that this um, that this is the Zodiac killer, uh, and that they have solved uh, this long-running unsolved mystery. So. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has read about that. I saw this news story not long before the show started uh, this evening. Um, so, so there you have it. Yeah, solved. I'm back. The FBI. They did the it, FBI guys. says the bureau is going to look into these claims, uh, but the FBI has not officially uh, commented or said that this case has been solved or that the Zodiac killer has been identified. So, it will be interesting to see what happened. Uh, one. As we've talked about a million times over the years on this program, uh, we know I am a long fan, and I don't mean the program, just Unsolved Mysteries in general. Uh, of course, uh, the Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Uh, and this, uh, this Zodiac Killer stuff uh, took place all around where I currently live. Uh, I kind of live, uh, I live in Marin, which is right in between San Francisco and Vallejo. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so there were Zodiac killer killings in the city and in Marin and in Vallejo. So, um, you know, I'm like in ground zero Zodiac killer land. Uh, and uh, I will be curious to see uh, what the FBI, you know, if they announced that they believe that this has been solved. So uh, I'll be curious to see what happens. But uh, there's been tons of Zodiac killer stuff over the years. And um, maybe now this unsolved mystery is no longer an unsolved mystery. Yeah, it's, I, uh, it's a fantastic read. If you guys get a chance on the Talking Terror page, I put it up there as well. Um, a pretty lengthy read, but it's a good one about uh, how they got uh, investigating into it and figured out that it was Gary Francis Post who uh, did it. I know it, it's no longer Ted Cruz's father. You know, it's no longer Ted Kaczynski. No, it, it's uh, you know this guy. Gary Francis Post, so we'll see what else comes out about it. But, uh, you know, I was kind of hoping it would be Ted Cruz's dad. So I could be like, ah, Ted Cruz's dad. <laughs> Didn't Ted Cruz's dad kill Kennedy? Yeah, he did that too. He was pretty busy, according to. According to he was, he was a busy president. dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was just no stopping it. I mean, you know, meanwhile, maybe, Ted Cruz maybe, going maybe, on maybe that's why Ted Cruz's outward uh, acting uh, shows someone who is severely lacking in fatherly guidance, um, being that his dad was so fucking busy out there. <laughs> that's true. Or any sense of a hairstyle. But that's neither here nor there. That's just Ted Cruz. But All right. So, that being said, uh, Mad Monkey, it is your time. It is your pick. It's the Haunted Mansion in 2003. Uh, why don't you uh, give us a synopsis of what you thought about it, and we will get this discussion going. All right. Haunted Mansion. This is the story of the Everest family, an all-American family living the all-American dream of owning their own business, a small real estate company. That is, except that Jim Evers is consumed with success and does not take time to appreciate his wife and his family. So one day when he ever get a call to help sell a mansion on the edge of town, Jim can't possibly pass on the chance for a commission of this magnitude. But things are not what they seem in the Gracie Mansion, for soon Jim and his entire family are thrown into the middle of a plot where ghosts and spirits have very specific plans for Jim's wife, Sarah. If he's not careful, the trip could cost him his wife and possibly his children's lives. Ha 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 ha! 
All right, so I picked this movie because one thought the king would love it. No, <laughs> because this is one of this is one of those films that was always playing in my house when I was raising my oldest son. He grew up on this movie, and yeah, it has horror, it has comedy. Hell, it's even got fucking special effects by Rick Baker. Granted, this was before we actually went to Disney World and actually got to see the sheer awesomeness that is the Haunted Mansion ride. This movie is very loosely based on the combination of the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland, Disney World, and Euro Disney. The film borrows a little from each of these rides, and like the many rides that this film is based on, the story has maybe too many contributors as well. Having been written and rewritten and rewritten again, sadly, you can tell. (laughs) While the story is a fun, silly ride, it is definitely a jumbled-up mess that loses sight of what makes the Haunted Mansion ride such a memorable ride in the Disney parks. Okay. Okay. All right, so, Ghoul, what did you think about the Haunted Mansion? I'd I'd rather not think about the Haunted Mansion. Um, I mean, look, there's there's a reason I have a... There's a reason I avoided this movie for years, even though I had kids of age who, you know, probably would have enjoyed viewing it at the time of viewing it. We watched this with Samantha, who was 11, and I figured, you know what, she's perfect age to watch it. And was she entertained? Yes, she was entertained, I guess. Um, Or as entertained as an 11-year-old kid could be. Uh, I don't know. Watching Eddie Murphy try to do Eddie Murphy things while keeping it completely PG is eh. and you know the special effects were good for 2003 you know the fact that this movie is a movie based on a freaking you know I don't know four minute fucking ride at a theme park you feel it. You feel it. You feel it. You feel it. Because there's just no, there's no depth to anything. There's, it's, it's just spectacle, and that's, and, and that's not a bad thing. Some movies are good for that. This might have been good or entertaining in movie theaters. I think it would have been better if it wasn't Eddie Murphy. But this was when he was busy doing this kind of shit. So that, that's yeah, whatever. I mean, it's, I watched it. Okay, that, that, that's that's about sums up my feelings for it. <laughs> All right, uh, Dean. What do you think about the haunted mansion? Fuck this, man. Um, uh, so, <laughs> promising, promising cast. Uh, I had never seen this before. Um, look, these are these are my personal facts, and uh, I did not like this. I could not get past the Eddie Murphy thing here. Um, I don't want to spend time, and I will in this episode, but I don't want to spend time in this moment as we tell our feelings uh, to just get on my whole Eddie Murphy thing. Uh, but I just, I, I'll agree with what the ghoul said about maybe if there was a different actor here and not Eddie Murphy. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I watched it. And I'll agree with that statement too. I watched it. Um, you know, Terrence Stamp, uh, Wallace Shawn, like love seeing those guys. Um you know, but, you know, uh, the thank you for the pick. Uh, you know, I now I guess I can say that I've seen almost everything in the Eddie Murphy uh, catalog because this one was lacking. Um, yeah. All right, King, what did you think of this movie? Um, well, <clears throat> it definitely should have been somebody else other than Eddie Murphy uh, playing the lead of Genevers. But, again, it was the time when he was doing a lot of kid movies. 
like Daddy Daycare came out the same year. There's also the Shrek movies, um, Dr. Doolittle, the, the Nutty Professor movies. You know, he was doing a lot of kid-friendly movies before he went back to the adult-oriented material later in the 2000s. Um, but this is just white Eddie Murphy. This is just him playing a white guy, you know, where he's just smiling a lot and he's just like, oh, gosh darn it, like, this is crazy. Kids, you better behave yourself. Like, it's just, you know, it, it's not the Eddie Murphy that you want, but it's the Eddie Murphy that you get. Um, you know, plot-wise, it's fine. I mean, I had this storyline watching it where I'm like, I can make this a whole lot darker where the entire family gets murdered and Eddie Murphy gets blamed and gets taken to jail and executed. But I was like, that's not Disney. That's not really where we're at. I mean, we're at, we're doing Haunted Mansion. Where like it's, Mike it's Jennifer Pilly. Yeah, it might be. You know, I can give them the script, you know, but uh, no. This is Jennifer Tilly as, as a woman in a crystal ball and a lot of wackiness. The entire time I kept thinking, first of all, this movie was 86 minutes and it felt like two hours. I had a problem with that because there's just a lot of pacing issues. Oh, but also, this movie would have fucking killed in 93 if this came out in 93, like back when Hocus Pocus came out, because it felt like a 90s movie. It felt like a movie that was made for TV in the 90s, but for some reason got released in 2003 on a big screen. Like, I kept waiting for the cheesy, like, you know, commercials to pop up for Halloween. Like, I just, I, was like, I don't know. Just, Definitely, yeah, definitely isn't something that, I, I mean, I don't even know if I was a kid if I would have liked this, because I hated Disney to begin with, so, I don't know, it, just, it, it was interesting, there were things that I felt like they could have played with to make it a little bit more creepy, you know, because I didn't feel like it was very scary, and then just like a skosh, toe in the line of racism, that I was kind of like, woo, Disney, kind of getting it with the, the, you know, the white guy, black girlfriend thing, that was kind of, you know, weird, you know, that I didn't really get, I was like, that's a little strange. You know, we'll get there. But for me, when that happened, I was like, wow. I mean, I knew Walt Disney was a fucking monster, but, man, he's dead. He didn't have any part of writing this. But yet, here we are. <laughs> Just a little storyline. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I had to say about it. I mean, I, I've never been on the ride. I've never been to Disney. I've never wanted to go to Disney, so I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know, Monkey, you've been there. I don't know about the others, like Cool and Dean, if you've been to Disney. I've never been. But I'm sure it's a fun eyes. Yeah, well, have either of you guys been on the Haunted Mansion ride? No, when yeah. last I was at Disney World, uh, it was in the, uh, probably the early 2000s. My wife had uh, had business in Orlando. There was like a, a cardiac uh, cardiac uh, physician conference that we had to attend and uh, we did one day together at Magic Kingdom and uh, the Haunted Mansion was actually closed for renovations when we were there so oh, I did not get a chance to go dude. on it. I'm sorry. Ghoul, you said you got to go? Yes. Yes, I did. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's an enjoyable it's an enjoyable theme park ride but, you know, I'm it's not something that I need extended for any length of time, and it's definitely it's definitely not something I need Eddie Murphy in. <laughs> I, I, put it this way, I take that I'll take that and completely do the flip script on it. Script on it, just like I never needed a movie to be about the haunted mansion ride. I never needed a Batman: The Dark Knight roller coaster based on the Dark Knight fucking movie either, which is just a loud, obnoxious indoor ripoff of fucking uh, Skull, uh, not Skull, oh yeah, it's basically Spider Mountain, Mountain. but uh, the other one, uh, Space Mountain in freaking uh, Disney World. Um, 
That's all it is. It's just an Ithaca yeah. poster, but it starts with a bunch of freaking, like, movie-based, like, setting and shit like that. Like, you walk through a thing, and the Joker's yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, now get on your Space Mountain ride. Yeah, but it's just me and the Diva, we love the ride. It's like, this is one of those, like, long-term projects that Disney started back in 1951. It, and it didn't even really get going until 1961. Things were going on. There was lots of weird-ass messed-up plans originally based on the ride, where they were coming up with a million different storylines. One of them was it was actually going to be this weird-ass haunted uh, wedding party full of Disney villains. Um, but then it was planned to the ride was planned to open up in 1963. But then they went to the World's Fair. Things got distracted, and instead they decided to make Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, <laughs> instead, too. so. Yeah, yeah. So for the longest time, Disneyland had this haunted mansion just sitting on the property for like almost a decade. Just this mansion was sitting on the property, gated off. No one really knew what was going on with it. And while that was going on, Disney went ahead and put two Imagineers in charge, Raleigh Crump and Yale Gracie. Okay, and the thing was, those two were constantly arguing back and forth about one of them wanted the ride to be funny, one of them wanted the ride to be scary, and they really couldn't come to terms. Unfortunately, in 1966 is when Walt Disney died, and the company just kind of went through a lull for a little bit, and then after that, they finally got their shit in gear, and um, they shot for a 1969 release, and, and while that was going on, the cool thing about this ride is you had the mansion sitting there on the property, but then they went, Disney went and secretly dug a tunnel under the mansion, and then they dug a tunnel, this tunnel, under the railroad for Disneyland, and then kept going out past the property to, <laughs> to where it finally went into this giant warehouse that was off the property of the Disneyland park. This giant, giant fucking warehouse sitting in the middle of the fucking city. And that giant warehouse is where the ride actually is. So you sit there, and when you go into the ride, and you um, do the descending room, and then you go go through this walkway, and then it you know takes you to this other park. You're, you're on this long-ass fucking ride that's actually taking you outside of the park, and you don't even know it. But after it's all said and done, it's like it's, it, it's a really cool ride where he actually ended up with a creation by both creators where as you begin and like the ghoul knows, you know, you start off in the haunted, actual haunted mansion. You have the actual cool, scary part of the haunted mansion going on with some really, really cool old school effects going on in there for the ghost effects. And then they mix it up to where you have a fun, silly cemetery tour at the end. So it all works at the end. Again, this like the ride itself is just you know a marvel of special effects and it's just if you're into special effects creature designs all that kind of stuff you know all of this put together especially for the fact that this came out in 1969 you know is really fucking cool <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and the, and the set design for the movie itself was good i enjoyed that you know seeing the uh the gracie manor uh, that uh, Jim and his wife Sarah and their two kids Megan and Michael are, are going to. I loved it. I was like, this is a place that I would want to retire to, where it's got its own fucking cemetery. Like, how fucking cool! I don't have to go oh, out of my way yeah. to go to the cemetery. It's just it's fucking right there. Like, it's so cool. 
I do it every night. Fucking have free sex like Matisse and Gomez. Oh man, <laughs> the amount of sex that I could have, you know, with my lady in that fucking cemetery, we're just cosplaying as Matisse and Gomez every fucking night. Oh man, that's just fucking bucket list. That's like if I ever hit the lottery, that's it. But uh, no, it's just it's a great type of house that you want to be at. But yeah, you know, we we would we would we would, and it would just be fun. Like, yeah, what do you do for fun? We just go out to the cemetery and we have awesome sex, and then we dress up like Matisse and Gomez, and we hang out. It's pretty fun. I love being rich. <laughs> that would be my dream. But um, so the, yeah, so Edward Gracie is the owner of this house who has called Sarah there to to you know point because he wants to sell it, but everybody has to come along, because Jim, of course, the workaholic, wants to see it, too, and, and make a sale on it, but we introduced to Ramsley, played by Terrence Stamp, and if you can't get Malcolm McDowell, you get Terrence Stamp, which is pretty much, you know, what I say to every movie I ever see Terrence Stamp in. I was like, oh, they obviously couldn't get Malcolm, so we'll just get Oh, Terrence. I mean, he's so fucking it. Zod, man. Yeah. I mean, come on. If there's one thing that I'm guy always did, Malcolm McDowell could never be Zod. <laughs> he would never want to be or Zod. Or <laughs> Or Pr- <laughs> Priscilla Queen of the Desert. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I would I'm love not to see Malcolm McDowell in Priscilla Queen of the Desert. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I, yeah, like I said, I'm not saying he wasn't good as, as Zod. I'm just saying in this movie as Ramsley, it looks like he had a fucking lobotomy and he's just fucking walking around the entire time confused what, what he's doing. And I think he's just being Terrence Stamp in a fucking movie. He doesn't realize he's supposed to be playing a character. Um, just very weird uh, <laughs> choice that he made. Um, because then you get the maid, Emma, and then the footman of the, of the house, Ezra, and it's Wallace Shawn. Hey. Like, like, oh, fuck, Wallace Shawn. Inconceivable. I, I, can't, I can't stand the sound of his fucking voice. <laughs> and they had him talk so much in this fucking movie. I was like, can he not talk so much? Like, just every fucking minute he was in the I was like, come on. Too much Wallace Shawn. I know, you know, Princess Bride, I like that movie, but I do not like Wallace Shawn. And I was kind of hoping he would be killed early, but no, he's a ghost. So we're, we're going to get a lot of fun. <laughs> killed early? Him. He was killed early. He was killed I a know, long but I wanted time to see ago. it happen again. <laughs> I just wanted to see him get strangled every five minutes by, by fucking Ramsley, you know, for doing something stupid. <laughs> you know, like when the kids are hiding and they're bringing them cookies, I wanted to see him take a cookie and ram it right down his fucking throat. Like, You're dead again. You know, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, you killed me again. <laughs> you know, but no, it's, it's not it. So. You know, it's just this space. It's a sprawling fucking mansion, which is, is, is beautiful to look at. It's got all this aesthetic to it. And then you have Gracie, who fucking looks just so out of place, because obviously he is also a specter in this house, and he's also looking for his long dead uh, fiance Elizabeth. But I don't know. Like, just the the actor that's playing him. I know I've seen him in something before, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And but it's just again. Fucking, I know you're supposed to be ghosts, but can you act like you're not ghosts? Like, they just have, oh, yes, I'll go to, I think I'll retire to the den now. Like, oh, come on. Like, you know, fucking, you know, Jennifer Tilly as Madame Liotta is in a fucking crystal ball. She's got more personality. And I was like, and, you know, like, that was okay with it, you know, because I was like, I like Jennifer Tilly, but she had the most personality of anybody, and she's in a fucking crystal ball, not even on the set. It shows up to fucking, you know, get some sass to Jim Evers. When he's like, what's going on? And she's like, I'll explain it. And he's like, oh, shit, this place is haunted. Like, I don't know. It's not even a good Eddie Murphy because Eddie Murphy was acting like fucking Jim, the white guy from next door, hitching up his pants every fucking 10 seconds. And, well, gosh darn it. 
no, nothing makes sense here. Like, you know, we have to figure out what's going on around here because I'm not sure about anything. Like, <laughs> well, that, well, they originally wanted to cast Bill Murray, I believe, you know, but he didn't want anything to do no, with it. Really? And, and actually, they had tons of drama with Bill, I mean, with Eddie Murphy while filming this movie because apparently Eddie Murphy was like at the peak of diva mode. When he was filming the oh, movie, sure. and there were t- and there were tons of times where it's like filming was delayed because Eddie Murphy wasn't showing up on the set. You know, Eddie Eddie Murphy was being just a diva to other actors that were on the set. Even the kids that were playing his kids couldn't stand being in the same fucking scene with him, <laughs> just because as soon as they hit cut, he would turn into fucking Eddie Murphy of that time, where you know he just he thought his shit didn't fucking stink. Yeah, I mean, fucking Eddie Murphy had Shrek money at the time. So I'm pretty sure he was in fucking mode to everybody on the set. Like, you don't, I don't need you. You need me. You need Mr. fucking Eddie Murphy to be on the fucking poster and sell this movie. I was fucking that donkey in that fucking movie. You know how much fucking money I made off of that? Like, yeah, I can, I can see <laughs> Eddie Murphy, you know, showing up with a fucking pimp jacket on going, all right, all right, all right. Get the fucking kids away from me. Yeah, well, what's the line? What's the line? Oh, gosh darn. You know, rule. No. You know, it, it's, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like even the, even the kids, Megan and Michael, they just seem kind of wooden in their performances. Like they they try to give you some characterization with Michael, where he's like, "I'm afraid of spiders." Like, oh, then they go on too long with that, where he's like, "Oh, you got to roll it up and kill the spider," and then do he's like, "I don't want to do it." My dad would have been like, "Stop being a pussy," and then he would have fucking went out of the room and waited until I killed that spider, and I would have been there for three days, <laughs> crying and rocking back and forth, going, "I don't know what to do." It's looking at me funny, but no. Now instead, we get Megan, who's supposed to be like kind of like a badass. Kind of like Miss Sass, like what up, girl? Snap, snap, snap! Like you know, I'm I'm a teenage girl, and I don't like this place. She, like I, she, I don't know. She's the EST. <laughs> yeah, she's the Bugaboy of this movie. Yeah, you know, killing that spider real quick. You know, uh, getting the key. You know, to to the mausoleum and going that water. But it all this whole plot revolves around the fact that she was Sarah was supposed to come by herself. And it was this whole plan because she bears a resemblance to the Elizabeth, which was Gracie's uh, uh, woman that died. And all the people that are in this place, like Emma, like, uh, like Ezra, they're all cursed because of what happened between Gracie and Elizabeth because Gracie also killed them. They're cursed because they're starring in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's, you know, so everybody in this house, including Ramsley, they could enter the, the afterlife as soon as the lovers are, are reconnected. So basically, Sarah's being invited there to essentially die so she could join Gracie in the afterlife, uh, and that's going to be it. Eddie Murphy shouldn't have any problem with this because he's cool and he's a workaholic and he doesn't have time for an anniversary or his kids or anything like that. I mean, that's you know, what, what I took away from it. But, you know, it just becomes like a, a maniac mansion type fucking thing where you've got to find the key in the mausoleum, and that will reveal the truth behind what happened to Elizabeth. And it's also in a crypt behind the mausoleum that's full of zombies. And Rick Eddie Baker's Murphy zombie. has packed this shit out. They were not bad-looking zombies, I will say that. Like, I was actually impressed. I was like, holy shit, this is a Disney movie, and these fucking zombies look fucking cool as shit. So I was actually really happy with that. I just... It's just, it was like the whole, yeah. like, the whole thing, like, it could have worked for me. The whole thing with the ghosts, um, when they're on the carriage and they're going to the cemetery itself and they see all the ghosts all of a sudden, I actually liked that part. Like, I thought it was kind of cool to see all these ghosts, like, on, on tricycles and all these different things going into the cemetery 
You know, it was kind of cool, like kind of creepy if you were a kid. I mean, I liked it. I wanted a little bit more of it, and there just wasn't enough. Yeah. Like, they just were like, okay, we're good. We're done. We're moving on with that because we have uh, four busts in the cemetery that are going to sing, and that's going to be a good fucking part. <laughs> I wanted more of those. I wanted, I wanted more of that because it was actually kind of creepy. Yeah, and this is like, again, the, the ghosts that are in the cemetery, and you have the parties going on in the cemetery, and the singing bus. You know, these are actual parts of the ride, but, you know, unfortunately, just okay. what I was saying is they, did, they didn't, you know, for this hour and a half long movie, they didn't pull enough from the ride, in my opinion. They were, they were actually writing their own sto- story, and then just dropping little bits and pieces of the ride in there. It's like, because the diva had said if they had stuck closer to the ride, which actually, you know, especially the Euro Disney version, has a specific storyline, it would have been a better fucking ride. You know, a better fucking story, which is probably why they're remaking it right now. You know? <laughs> um, I saw that, yeah. But, With Owen Wilson, I think, is supposed to be in it? Owen Wilson is cast, and I think uh, three other people are cast as well. Uh, yeah. Which but, makes more sense. Because I want to see Owen Wilson being confused, going, "Oh wow, there's ghosts!" Like that, wow. I would that more than fucking Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, you guys, there's ghosts. ghosts in this mansion. Nobody <laughs> told me this is a haunted mansion. Wow, like I would fucking believe that <laughs> over Eddie Murphy going, "Hey guys, like I'm just, I don't, I don't even know." Gosh, this is, this is wild. Like you know, just smiling at the camera every five fucking minutes. Like I, you know, it's fine. <laughs> It's, I, I, you know, like I said, I like Eddie Murphy. I just don't like him when he does the fucking kid movies where he tries so hard to act white. Well, this was yeah. the prime time of that. Now, just before, yeah. Yeah. Uh, King, you said that uh, this feels like it came out in uh, 1993. If this came out in yeah. 1993, uh, this would be uh, the, the first movie that started the massive decline in Eddie Murphy's career. Uh, that, in my opinion, uh, goes to uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3, uh, which came out in 1994, uh, which is yeah. arguably some of the worst fucking garbage that has ever fucking been made. Um, Agreed. After that, it was just one piece of garbage after the next, with like a brief mm-hmm. moment uh, here and there for almost like the next 20 fucking years. Um <laughs> And, and I'm not even saying that to be funny. I'm not saying that no, to be funny. No. See, what you have to it's take true. into account is that, is that one, uh, granted I didn't see it in 1983 uh, because I was only seven, but in my personal opinion, uh, Trading Places is arguably the fucking greatest comedy uh, ever made. But Oh, fuck yeah. From, <laughs> from Trading Places through, uh, certainly through Coming to America, and depending on how you feel about Harlem Nights and how you feel about Boomerang, which is, you know, not a full Eddie Murphy comedy. Oh, yeah. And then uh, a lot of mixed feelings, although I personally like it, even though I feel it's, it's, a, it's a weaker film, Distinguished Gentleman in 1992. Uh, if Eddie Murphy no. died then, he would go down as the greatest ever. Um, there's no way to even describe... Uh, the popularity and cultural impact uh, that Eddie Murphy had in that time frame, unless you were living through it. When I was like 11 or 12 years old, I got a dub cassette of the audio of Eddie Murphy Delirious. And Hell yeah. while, it's, while yeah. it's troubling to listen to some of that content then, 
when I'm hearing that shit in like 1986 or 1987, uh, that is the most incredible piece of tape that I've ever heard in my entire life. And luckily, uh, while I did not get to see, uh, while I was not brought to see Terminator, I did get to see Beverly Hills Cop. I did get to see uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2 and Coming to America uh, in the theaters. Like, we're talking about some of the best fucking movies ever fucking made uh, with his edgy kind of street comedy and street humor and profanity uh, used as, a, as an art form. Uh, unless you were... And, and then in, in, within all of that, the, the Eddie Murphy Raw, of course, too... Uh, the, the impact of that when that stuff was coming out and how wide-ranging uh, and how funny and how hilarious and what a performer Eddie Murphy was and how he carried himself in that time, there's just no, there's just no explanation uh, for what happened to the next 15 to 20 years of his career. And yeah, I guess all of like the big, funny movie actors uh, get a little bit older and start to make garbage or stuff to a younger audience it happened to Chevy Chase it's, it's happened to Adam Sandler um, you know uh, it's just when you start to look at and granted yes like I like Shrek like who doesn't like Shrek Shrek was funny um, but and there was some funny shit and I just saw some of it uh, the dinner table sequences in the first Nutty Professor movie is some of the funniest fucking shit that you'll ever see in your fucking life I almost had a heart attack in the movie theater but, like, if you look at the rest yeah. of the list, it's just one piece of shit after the fucking next. Like, it's incredible. And, yes, I know Eddie Murphy has, like, a thousand kids and was probably making things for his kids and everything. But when you just look at the fucking kids list, of like, <laughs> if you, of course. So, yeah, you're going to, potentially you're going to work a lot. But, like, to pick the fucking choices that you picked uh, going back to your rise, to look at the properties that you were picking... Um, some of which were fucking passion projects, like that bullshit Norbit. That was like a passion project of his that he fucking oh, worked I to like get Norbit. released. I got a thought. Um, he got you know, three it just doesn't make any fucking sense. And, for that movie, man. Yeah, and <laughs> while it, you know, while while Haunted Mansion is kind of right in that window of time, you know, the talent. Uh, was still evident because I never saw it. I saw clips of his performance, uh, but he was in that movie Dreamgirls playing a, like a, not James Brown, but a James Brown-type character, yep. and he was fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. He might have even had, like, a, yep. a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Um, yep. And, you know, while I was looking forward to it, I thought that the, uh, the Coming to America sequel was fucking terrible and a huge mistake. Uh, I thought the fucking mm -hmm. Dolmite movie was fucking genius. So the it talent was, was a great is, is still there. The talent is still there. The ability to be yeah. edgy and 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 be profane, not for being profane's sake, but as a fucking art form, uh, is still there. It just doesn't like when you look at like 1994, uh, almost through like 2019. Aside from things here and there, it just all of the selections that were made just make no fucking sense to me. And I will stand by my statement that Beverly Hills Cop 3 is like the worst fucking movie ever fucking made. Compared to the first two. You're forgetting Kudo Nash. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, that. I forgot the about that too. The difference, oh. the difference there, and, 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 and I say this, you know, with a, you know, with, 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 a, with an idea behind it. The reason that I say that is because I feel that in 
why I say that about Beverly Hills Cop 3, uh, and especially with Beverly Hills Cop 3 coming, uh, you know, about maybe six, I can't remember the years, but maybe six years after Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, if you watch Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2, and then you watch Beverly Hills Cop 3, he's not even playing the same fucking character. He's not even playing no, Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. He's like playing just some character. fucking shiny, smiling, like happy, like it just makes no sense. Yeah. It's like he, he, it's like he yeah. forgot how to play the character. And, and aside from that, uh, all of the, like Judge Reinhold was terrible in that, like it's just so terrible and so stupid. And and he says the word Wonder World like 25,000 fucking times. It's just terrible. Um, and yes, all of that other shit, Pluto Nash and fucking uh, the one there was like the, the where, where there's like a, like, a, like a God thing, Holy Man. Um, Holy just, Man, yeah. Bowfinger. Oh, gee. The worst. Just the worst. Bowfinger had some interesting commentary on Scientology with that mind head shit. Ooh. But yeah, not a fucking good movie overall. Um, just like like the 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 volume of garbage choices that were if were not did not look like garbage on paper were garbage in execution is just astounding to me. Sorry, I, I had to get my Eddie Murphy rant off my chest being the <laughs> Eddie Murphy. No, no dude, man, man no, I, good, good, good rant, man. But leading back into the movie, uh, eventually Jim and the kids they get led into the attic by uh, Madame Liotta, where they find a note that Elizabeth wrote to Gracie about how she truly loved him. Wanted to get hitched, and then she was murdered. So, Stamp as Ramsley comes in, and he's like, So, okay, reveal time, because this is what everyone has to do. Uh, I <laughs> killed Elizabeth because Gracie was going to be abandoning his heritage, and just to be honest, the relationship was unacceptable to me. And I'm like, Ooh, ooh no, sir. Paint it the way that you did, where. Elizabeth is, is black and Gracie is white and love is love and people should love whoever they want. I would be fine with it, but for fucking Ransley to do it in a Disney movie, I'm like, woo! I was like, where are the, where are the crows? The cartoon crows showing up going, oh, 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 be hurry, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's like going back, and it, it, it had been a while since I'd seen this movie, and this was the diva's first time seeing it, and she looked at me when that scene came up, and I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, you know, maybe they should have worded it a little bit differently, you know, like, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't from the same background or something like that. But, you know, Ooh, the fact well. that, you know, yeah, yeah, just straight up, uh, yeah. Why? They're from the 1800s, aren't they? Why can't it stay factually yeah. based where something like that would be problematic? I don't see why that needs it's to change to fit like today's it's Again, if the film was taking place in today with today's sensibilities, all right, I understand it. But when, again, the original setting is that of the 1800s, then you know what? Guess what? No matter how much you all want to fucking erase it, racism was occurring just like it still is now. But, you know, they might have worded things a little bit different back then. At least they didn't... Sh- Obviously, it's PG. You know what I mean? I was hoping the guy would drop an N-bomb or two, but that, at least that would have made the movie entertaining. <laughs> Especially with that weird quavering yet booming voice of his. <laughs> exactly, you know? Terrence Stamp just saying the fucking N-word would have been fantastic. Would have fucking knocked the movie up by two points for me. And at least yeah, given us a PG-13 rating. <laughs> yeah. It's not even that. It's you a bad thing. Barry you catch Barry because she's a... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, in any other movie, I would have been like, well, that's fucking cool. It's a plot point. Let's move with it. But, like, you're watching this fucking wacky movie 
where people are fucking eating the scenery and there's cartoon ghosts everywhere. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden you have this line. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's all wacky until there. <clears throat> and it's fine. You know, excuse me. Uh, it's fine. But, uh, you know, for this movie, it's like, wow, okay. And we're going that way. Uh, because we have now have Gracie and Sarah in the ballroom after the kids have been trapped in a trunk and, and Jim was thrown out of the mansion. You know, goodbye, Mr. Evers, and thrown out of the mansion. He can't get in. Uh, bashing the windows, you know, with superhuman strength. And all it's going to take is a car to go through it. How did he not think of that before? I don't know. You know, I would think just fucking him driving through the fucking man, it takes me out of it. Like, well, There's another way to get in, dumbass. Well, it's that the mansion has locked itself up. He's trying to break the windows, but every time he does, you know, the magic that's in the mansion is, he, you know, bringing the windows back together. He's not getting through. Right. Okay, right. so then so then there's the thing. If he's got to get his BMW 7 Series, all right, yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, I knew that you and he's and he's got to fucking Dukes of Hazard this shit into the fucking mansion. That's what he's got to fucking do. That would be even weirder if he fucking had the Dukes of Hazard fucking horn playing Dixie as he drove through the fucking thing. I'm like, where are we in this movie? Like this white guy just killed this black woman. That is a black guy with a car that has a fucking Dixie theme. Or instead, he's got the Lost Boys grandpa music playing La Cucaracha. Yeah. Then he just comes through the fucking window chugging Mountain Dew wearing a fucking you know, trucker hat. Like, you know, like, where did this fucking come from? Who's this guy over here, you know, coming through? But no. he, eventually he, he does get through to save his kids and save his wife. You know, the kids are in the trunk. Uh, and meanwhile, Gracie and Sarah in the ballroom dancing, and they see all the ghosts coming in. And that's when Gracie reveals himself to be a ghost. Sarah's like, dude, I'm not your fucking girlfriend, man. Like, I'm not Elizabeth. I'm, I'm, I'm Sarah. And I'm, I'm married to Jim. So uh, I'll be seeing myself out now. <clears throat> but Ramsley blackmails uh, Sarah by saying, I got your kids. You ain't going nowhere. And then he goes back over to, to Gracie, and he's like, ah, it's fine. Like, she, she will come around. Like, you know, it's all right. Like, you know, we're going to be fine. It's cool. You know, it's cool. I worked it that. out. I worked it out. We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't, don't worry, fine. I, I, I smoothed it out. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's cool. By the way, I took an online course to become a reverend, so now I can marry you guys. Like, fucking the Internet is awesome. So let's get yeah. this wedding on started. <laughs> you know, I'll decide. It's cool. And totally check out my Undertaker garments that I have going on here for, for being this <laughs> for running this wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty fucking cool. Like, you know, the fact that he was all like, like you know, in the, it looked in like the, empty the Ministry ballroom. of Darkness. So he's going to get down on one knee and fucking raise his hand up to this guy. Like, fuck is this? Like, what, what is going on right now? <clears throat> but Jim gets back with the kids, and they burst in on this impromptu wedding. Oh, and geez. it's Jim who re- reveals the letters about uh, Elizabeth and... Ramsey's like, oh, shit, I've been busted. Um, and Grace obviously is, is pissed at this and is angry. Um, but somehow Ramsley can fucking get rates to come in out of nowhere, like fucking Dementors, Mary Potter. Yeah. He's just like, oh, oh, fuck, I'm fucked. All right, Rates, come in. And then the fucking ghosts yeah. come in and start raging around. Yeah, he just goes, all of a sudden goes fucking, goes fucking Super Saiyan and <laughs> starts pulling up fire dragons and shit like that. But for some reason, it doesn't go right, and they go after him. 
and <laughs> you know, oh, well, yeah, the, the fire demon goes after him, and like a portal opens up, like Beetlejuice style, and he gets fucking dragged down to hell, but he tries to drag Jim with him, and it's like, oh shit, like you know, again, it was kind of cool, like I kind of appreciated it, like when he's falling to his death through hell, I was like, that's kind of cool, kind of metal for you know a Disney movie to show this fucking old man, you know, just plummeting yeah, but... down into hell. Well, of course he's going to fall and die. Because that's what Disney does, man. They kill their villains. They fucking throw their villains off of shit. I've had this conversation many times on this show about Disney movies and heights and people dying from falling off of shit, okay? So is that why Disney had to die? Dude, Disney loves throwing people off of shit, okay? They did it in fucking Lion King. They did it in fucking Tarzan. They did it in fucking Little Mermaid. They... They love throwing people off of shit and, and killing the bad guys that way. It's, I, I don't know why they have to way. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's well, strange to me. Mufasa yeah. died falling off of shit. Scar got killed by the uh, hyenas. I thought, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was the other way around. But, I thought it was Mufasa that died by the, the wildebeest. I thought he got kicked off of a mountain. Yeah, he, he, got, fell, he got kicked off and then got ran and then and then got run over. He fell and got ran over by West Wilson. and then Scar fell and got <laughs> attacked by the hyena. Oh, well, that makes sense. So Mufasa wasn't so good after all, because he got kicked off the cliff. So by your logic, Mufasa was a villain. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he was fucking dark. Yeah, he was fucking Darth Vader, didn't you know? What? <laughs> In the Lion King? I don't know. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. It's the same voice actor, I know, but man, it's just weird. That would be weird. You know, I don't know. Now I'm all confused. I don't know why. I, mean, I shouldn't be confused. They're not in the fucking same universe. But for some reason, I'm like, wait a second, did Darth Vader show up in the Lion King? And I just missed it? What? You got James Earl Jones sitting there going, I am your father in both movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. <clears throat> that would have been a better movie if, if that happened. But, um, so, but what we didn't reveal Daddy. is that Sarah had been secretly poisoned by, uh, by Ramsley. You know, she drank this little bit of fluid, and it turned out to be not cum, but poison. Um, and then the spectral <laughs> orb appears and possesses Sarah, and it's, it's Elizabeth's ghost. And she's oh. like, hey, uh, Gracie, like, we could be together now. So she comes down, and then they fucking kiss, and I was like, oh, then they're going to start fucking. Because like, you make fucking Jim watch. <laughs> like, you're a workaholic, and this <laughs> is the man. banging that your wife know. needed. <laughs> well, no, hey, listen, there's a little pension for racism in this movie. That could be fucking, too. Like, who knows? That could be the deleted scene where he takes her to the cemetery and just plows her for, like, a fucking hour while Jim's forced to watch while the ghost holds him down. Better movie. <laughs> that, that would have been awesome. <laughs> you know, just tears streaming down his face while his son gets killed by spiders. And then all of a sudden his wife's getting plowed by a ghost. Again, face, I, mean, I need to rewrite this movie. I can make it darker. I can make it scarier. I can make it unwatchable. <laughs> um, so... The uh, the curse is finally lifted. Gracie uh, decides to give Evers the deed to the mansion so he can go to heaven and be forever fucking his, his wife now, Elizabeth. Um, but also, 
Emma and Ezra and all the other mansions, other inhabitants leave. So now the fucking house is pointless because fucking it's not haunted anymore. So why would you ever want to go there? Like you got a cool cemetery, but it's not haunted by anybody anymore. Like, you know, <laughs> that's boring. Like what the fuck is the point? It's just a mansion now. Like nothing special about this place. There's nothing haunted. There's nothing creepy. The cemetery is way too fucking clean. You know, there's no ghosts running around and, and you know, wiling out. You know, I don't know. But um, with all that done, we have the, the happy ending with the, the Evers driving across the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway, which is fucking amazing. I mean, I've seen pictures of it. I've always wanted to travel across it. But, of course, they, they, they can't live by themselves because they're going on a vacation, so they have to bring Liotta and uh, the Dapper Dance, the, uh, the singing bus, um, with them while they go on vacation. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could make it on a vacation with them. Because you got four fucking singing heads, and then you have fucking Manuelata, like, you know, just fucking making fun of these. I don't know. Like, I feel like with Liotta, you got to start dominance, and you just got to fucking jerk off in front of her. And be like, listen, yeah, this, is, this, is, this is the working environment that I live in, all right? You're going to have to get used to a lot of this. And then maybe Madame Liotta was, was a good part of the movie. I enjoyed her. Jennifer Tilly was great. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I you know because again because of Jennifer Tilly, I just wish we'd had a chance to see the rest of her. <laughs> yeah, why didn't that ever happen? I've been like, yeah, show me those crystal balls. Like you know, show me what, what, what you're working with. And I, you gotta you know you gotta peek up, peek up, peek up. You know, stand up for a second, make a clap. You know, I want to see a clap. Because, I mean, there's something like that. Because you know Eddie Murphy will be doing because, that later at night when his wife doesn't put out because she's too busy working. So I'll just be laying in bed with Madame Liotta. Like, could you manifest the body? Could you, you know, could you make it thick? Make it thick, Jim? <laughs> See, these are these are things that should have been in the movie and weren't. No. But, no, it, it, it all's well that ends well. It's a, it's a happy ending for all of it, but yeah, man. I don't know. Like, hey. If I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. Hey. I know. We'll get into it. But, uh, yeah, no, if this, even if this was like in the 90s, I feel like if it was on TV, it might have been good. But I couldn't imagine wanting to go see this in theaters. But then again, I couldn't imagine myself going to see Hocus Pocus in theaters either. That was a Disney movie, too. You got to think the Disney movies, don't you, monkey? Especially in October. I appreciate I like that about you. The whole thing, guy. <laughs> Just wants to bring the whole some bug and shit. That's fine. It's... <laughs> But, no, it was the Haunted Mansion, and, you know, I don't know. Is is Muppet Family uh, uh, Haunted Mansion out? That's the new one? Uh, this Friday. <laughs> this Friday. Because I know, you know, Marie uh, was talking about it, and she, I think she's as excited as you are, Monkey, about Muppet uh, Haunted I, Mansion. Kept fucking... Oh, I, really? I seriously you, doubt you, that. You, <laughs> oh, you guys should talk then. I swear to God. I, I was like, you are on the level of monkey right now with your excitement. She cannot fucking wait. And the entire time, she thought that that was the movie we were going to be talking about this week. She's like, Muppet nope. on a mansion. She's like, yeah, dude, like, you're going to talk about it, and it's going to suck for you because you don't like Disney. And I was like, uh, no, we're talking about The Haunted Mansion from 2003. And she's like, oh, well, fuck it, whatever. I'm still watching it. And I was like, so, yeah. You know, if you guys ever talk, the fucking excitement between you two, I think, you know, Palpable, to say the least, for for Muppet Haunted Mansion, which comes out this Friday uh, yes, on Disney Plus. 
yeah, no, it's, uh, and, uh, yeah, so there we go. All right, so that was Haunted Mansion. Next week, uh, Gould is your pick. What do you have for us? You know, I, I thought I had it fucking locked down. Um, oh, here we go. Now, <laughs> well, no, the problem is the, the link doesn't seem to be working, so so that's kind of where I'm no. running into a problem right now. So I All am right. going to uh, I'm going to pick a uh, just a, a a bit of a rando here. You know what? We're going to go with uh, 2018's Freaks, starring Emil Hirsch. How about that? There you go. It's available on Netflix for anybody that. Uh, that needs to know where you can find it. Yeah, it is on Netflix. All right, it's not, cool. It's not that movie. It's, uh, Why uh, are you giving your opinions on it? It's Netflix episode. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about Freaks from, from 2018. Like the Gore said, it's available on Netflix, uh, directed by Zach Lebrowski and Adam Stein. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's, it's going to be nice. We'll start by a little horror. We'll, we'll find out. What are, what, what are we watching? We're watching eight-legged eight freaks. No, this is just no. Uh, from 2018, 2018, 2019. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, it's a it's an interesting one. Like I said, Emil Hirsch, Bruce Dern's in it. Um, I think Grace Park. Can't be sure. I think Grace Park's in it. She's a good actress. Mm-hmm. But anyway, anyway, we will be talking about uh, freaks next week from 2018. Uh, that is the Ghoul's Halloween pick of October. So thank you so much for joining us, uh, Dean. We'll see you back here next week for the film pick. Yes, yes, yes. My, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. And why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off, Monkey? Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. And as for you, Ghoul, if you have anything you want to add before we close out the episode tonight. Nah, just stay scared, everybody. Stay scared. Nah, nah. <laughs> That's good. Get ready to get freak. Get ready to get freaky as we talk about freaks next week on the show. Uh, and as for me, your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, thank you so much for listening. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. We'll see you back here next time. <laughs>